Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. NetHealth is the creator of the Redoc Patient Portal, which provides a secure line of communication between you and your patients. You can use it for video conferencing, for telehealth, for secure messaging to respond to non-urgent questions from patients. You can share documents and photos. And your patients have 24-7 secure on-demand access to their therapy health information without phone calls and voice messages. Makes everyone's life easier. If you want to learn more, contact NetHealth at Redoc, that's R-E-D-O-C, at NetHealth.com. All right, now on to today's episode. I'm really happy to have Carson Tate as my guest today. A little bit more about Carson. She's a best-selling author, teacher, and coach for the past 15 years. She has worked with organizations of all sizes around the world to help them improve the engagement of their employees, the productivity of their workforces, and the efficiency of their leadership. It is her mission to change how and why we work so that we can each make a greater impact on our own lives, on our communities, and the world at large. Carson is also the founder of Working Simply Incorporated, where she equips organizations with tools, strategies, information, and insights that inspire employees and leaders to use their gifts and talents to build their legacy. So today we're talking about how to make any job your dream job, which I know sounds on the surface a little like, oh, okay, whatever. But Carson goes through step-by-step on how we can do this, and you guys, it makes sense. So today we learn about the five areas that we need to explore in order to make our current job the best job, and Carson gives us three ways to identify our strengths. She tells us about her abilities opportunity map and provides the tools to avoid the inevitable burnout. Carson also gives us the template we need to say no Uh, We hear about the 15-minute list and a whole host of other productivity hacks. It's so, so good, you guys. So big thanks to Carson for coming on uh, the podcast today and, of course, for NetHealth for sponsoring. Thanks, everyone. Hi, Carson. Welcome to the podcast. I am happy to have you on. Karen, I'm so glad to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. And now today, what I'd really love to talk about is how to make any job your dream job. So this is the title of your, well, the subtitle, I should say, of your book, Own It, Love It, Make It Work, How to Make Any Job Your Dream Job. So let's talk about how to do that because there are a lot of people now working uh, in areas or positions or working in ways that maybe they didn't think they would ever be working because of the COVID pandemic, right? So let's talk about uh, making your job your dream job. So how do we go about doing that? Just an easy question. Easy question. I I love the easy questions up front, right? Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Well, first of all, let's go ahead and um, make sure folks aren't going to give me the eye roll forever. So here's the qualifying statement. So any job 
can be your dream job because you define the dream. So to create your dream job means that you're going to identify what that is for you and not believe there's a one size fits all or a must or a should, but it's what do you need to be engaged and fulfilled in your current job? Because the other reality for most of us is that we can't just quit and yeah, go be a lavender farmer in the South mm -hmm. of France. That sounds blissful or entrepreneurship might not be the right option for all of us. So we're in a job and I don't want you to stay and suffer. So how do we make it the best job? So there are five areas that I found in my research and work with clients that we need to explore for ourselves. The first is recognition and reward. So what type of recognition and reward do you need? So I'm talking about praise and acknowledgement because we're all human beings and we really need to be seen for our work. But Karen, you might be the kind of person that just wants the email. Great job, Karen, that goes out to the whole team. And you're like, oh, God, I feel good. I might be the person that wants you know, the boss to stand up in front of the whole group, have me there in this great grand presentation of my excellence. But we're all different. And so it's knowing what I need is the first step. So admitting that you have recognition needs and knowing what those are. And then the second one is strengths. And so you know, you're in healthcare, and I bet a lot of your listeners are as well, as physical therapists. So you went into your profession because you had an interest and probably an aptitude in science and working with people. The second step is to really identify and own your strengths. What are those things that you do almost at near perfection? You were really good at. You can't not do them. So even on your day off, you might try to do them and as something you want to develop and grow. So you might read about it. You might take courses. You're the one that has the magazine that you want to look at. Those are your strengths. And the reason they're so important is because this is what you bring to the relationship with your employer. Your strengths are what enables your employer to serve their patients, their customers, and earn revenue. And so knowing what these strengths are, I call them your relationship currency with your employer. They're the gold. And when you work from your strengths, your performance goes up, you're more in the flow, and you're just generally more happy and fulfilled. So we want to spend more time working from your strengths. But the only way to do that with our employer is to demonstrate how they benefit your employer. So you have to know what they are and then you, okay, to help you achieve your goal company, when I do more of this type work, we generate more revenue. We have more customers. You're satisfied. So when we're talking about identifying your strengths, you don't only want to just identify them for yourself. You want to share them with your employer. Yes, exactly. And in that sharing with your employer, Karen, it's being very direct and intentional with your employer around how those strengths support the company's goals. So when I do this work, we are faster. We are better with clients. We earn more money because what you want, the goal here is to do more of them. You want to be able to make an ask, hey, manager, I have a couple of tasks that we really are not driving revenue and aren't really serving the company that I can see. I want to let go of those and do more of this. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And if you're working from your strengths, you'll probably enjoy it a little bit more because you'll see more success. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. I am, I come from the school of positive psychology. So I take a strengths based approach, which means we're going to work on your strengths because I can get a 10 X lift 10 X times performance out of a strengths based approach versus working on your blind spots or your, your growth areas. It mm. doesn't mean we ignore them, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time and energy on those because the return on that time investment for the output and the impact isn't as great. Got it. So, and how, how do we go? How do you recommend people go about finding their strengths? Yes. So there are three ways you can do a reflection. I'm a big fan as a coach of journaling and reflection. So you reflect what was your best day at work? What do your friends and your colleagues praise you or acknowledge in your work day? Where do people ask you for help or advice or support? Great place to start. Then if you have any type of performance reviews or 360 reviews, always a great place to go to start to mine for those core strength themes. But my all-time favorite way to do it is to look at your task list and your calendar list and go through with a marker and highlight those tasks, those meetings, those calls, the podcast where you were on fire. I loved it. It was really good, strong outcome. And then you start to identify some of your core strengths that way. Let's say you are not an employee, but you're an entrepreneur. So... Mm -hmm. Do you give yourself performance reviews? Is uh -huh, that a that's thing? A, that's a really, I've never been asked that question. I would say your performance reviews come from your clients. Mm. So it would be, you know, that email that you get, or maybe you do a survey with your clients. Um, you ask your clients for feedback. Mm -hmm. That would be your performance review. Got it. Got it. That and if sense. you're an entrepreneur, though, that's where the calendar and task list analysis is super helpful for them because it, you're not working in that formal structure of the yearly performance review. And as an entrepreneur, initially you have to do it all. And ultimately, if I'm coaching you, I want you really working from your strengths. And mm -hmm. we want to start to figure out how do we automate or outsource, outsource those other yeah. items. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. So we've got recognition and reward, which I love. And you know, quick story on that. A friend of mine works for a publisher and she said, um, said, you know what happened the other day? She said, I got um, this package in the mail and it was from the company and it was just like some gourmet teas and a mug and it, and it was a card that says, you know, so-and-so, you're just doing a great job and we appreciate all the work. And she was like, you know, some people need big bonuses. Some people, she's like, this is what I needed. So she sort of recognized, like, my reward is, is just someone identifying I'm doing a good job and writing a nice note. And, you know, she doesn't need, like, the grand fanfare. So I think it's really interesting when you said that, it came to my mind and it got me thinking, what do I really like yes as as reward and recognition and and i have to say i sort of like the uh, just a nice email yeah letter like i don't need to be on stage i don't need it to be in front of a lot of people and that is what really makes me feel good yes yeah and how empowering just to name and claim that and then what you're going to want to do if you work for a manager is let them know 
how meaningful it is. And so for you as your, as an entrepreneur and business owner, how do we create more opportunities for you, Karen, to get those mm -hmm. affirmations from me who I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, I've had this terrible inner injury and now I'm running again and I just finished my first 5k. I mean, that's what we want in your inbox. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we've got recognition and reward. Strengths is number two. What's number three? This is all about relationships because none of us work in a silo. We all work on teams. And what's interesting is that social pain, so you know, a conflict, feeling excluded from the group is processed in our brains the same way as physical pain. Just was so interesting to me in my research. So having really authentic, real relationships at work is essential, not only for performance, but we're talking about being happy, fulfilled, and engaged. And if you don't feel like you've got a best friend or that you can talk to someone or work through conflict, which is part of business, mm -hmm. that's a problem. So in this chapter, what we do in the book is we explore your work style, which is how you think and process information, because this is how you're going to work with other people and then identify their work style and learn to communicate with each other in a way that you aren't triggering each other and making each other want to, yeah, I'm not going to work with you. And ultimately recognizing where you might be unconsciously undermining that relationship by treating everybody the same way. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of relationships. And I mean, I have stayed in jobs longer than I probably should have because I love the relationships. I was like, I don't want to leave. I love it here. Yes. And that that's exactly it. The people are important, right? And those relationships, that is so important. And we've got to do the work, right? And that's why that this whole pillar is around cultivate which requires mm -hmm. some self-reflection, but really intentional, thoughtful work to, to build these relationships that bring us joy and um, really stretch us and help us grow. Yeah, so absolutely. That's the, the fourth one is the development. And um, it's the develop, we call it the five pillars or the five essentials. And the fourth one is to develop new skills. And this is about owning your own professional development, not waiting for your manager, not waiting for your team member to say, hey, Karen, I think you might like this course, or have you thought about this position? No, this is about what do I want? How do I want to grow? What's my next step? And being really thoughtful about putting your own development plan together and then asking your manager to support you. So they might have an internal training program you can join, or maybe they would pay for the conference for you to continue to up level your skills. Yeah. And, you know, I think, again, that probably takes a little bit of identifying where, what gaps you might need to fill. So can you sort of, when you went and looked at your strengths, and maybe you did find some weaknesses. Is this where you would want to start developing those or would you take your strengths and continue to strengthen them? I guess as an individual, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to suggest that this is just my training and background. Let's further refine strengths because mm -hmm. I know that the outcome of that is greater. And we also talk about, uh, a tool that I created, I call it an abilities opportunity map, where you start to look at the leadership 
competencies in your organization, certifications, um, did you not get a position, the best person in your field does this. And we don't do it from a place of comparison or judgment, it's just an awareness. Ah, okay, this person has this skill set or this certification, I don't, just looking. And then once you build this abilities opportunity map, then you go and say, what do I really want to focus on and how am I going to develop it? Yeah, that makes sense. And kind of looking at your organization and maybe looking at the organization and saying, like I could take, let's say from a physical therapy standpoint, um, it's this great clinic, but wow, no one's doing pelvic health in this clinic. So perhaps I can develop my pelvic health skills to plug this hole. Because like you said, we want to um, bring more to our employer so that they see us as you know, boy, this person is a real asset to our company. And then you're doing what you love to do. And then they'll continue to promote that. So it sort of circles around, right? It does because the framework and the thesis that I'm operating off of is that the relationship with your employer is a relationship. And any relationship is based on social exchange theory, which is give and take. Both parties bring to the relationship and both parties receive. Mm -hmm. And in a relationship that's healthy, both parties work towards mutually beneficial goals. So developing a pelvic health program is exciting for you. You're passionate about women. This is a way to really expand your skill set. Huge win for you. Huge win for your clinic. It might be the only clinic in the city that does this. So this is a mutually beneficial win, more of what you want, revenue for your company, your company is distinguishing itself. So that's where it's the employee has an equal and powerful voice in this relationship. Right. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. What's number five? The five, the last one is design your work for more meaning. So this is where we talk about meaning, purpose, joy. And the important point here is that meaning is not defined by what happens to you. It's your interpretation of the events in your life. So we go back to where we started with my premise that any job can be your dream job because you just, you define that dream. And I believe every job has significance. Every job is meaningful. It's up to you to figure out what that meaning is for you and then start to craft and shape your work for more meaning. So let's say, for example, Karen, for you, one thing that brings meaning and purpose to you is helping women that have been struggling for years with incontinence. Mm-hmm. So that uh, it's damaged their self-esteem. Maybe they're not going out in public as much. And this is really important that you help these women. It feels like a passion calls for you and meaning. Okay. So by developing the skill set for the, the pelvic therapy, and then you bring it to your company, we're creating meaning, you're doing more of what you love, and we're generating revenue for your company. The meaning is in the service to these women mm-hmm. and how you are an agent of change in their life. Right. So the meaning goes beyond, can go beyond just you and just your clinic or just your 
office or your job, but it can go into sort of the world at a whole as a whole, which I think is what a lot of people hope that their job can do. Absolutely. And I would suggest every job does that if you will just step back and look at it. So if we go back to, I'm a runner and I'm always injured. And so physical therapists, you are my heroes because you keep <laughs> me doing what I love. And so just a big shout out because you keep me upright because I'm invariably always doing something and not stretching. So, but if you keep me running and I'm staying engaged and I'm healthy and I'm able to care for and keep up with my kids, like we're now talking about a ripple effect of positivity that you can draw meaning from, but you just got to reframe because what happens, and I'm guilty of this, Karen, is that we get really caught up in the transactions of our day. Mm -hmm. I've got 14 patients to see. Oh my God, have you seen my inbox? The paperwork sucks. Yes. I'm not saying that's not hard, but if we can come back and look at our task as a collective whole, that's where we can draw the meaning from. Yeah, and I'm so happy that you brought up the emails and the paperwork and, you know, because everybody, I don't care what line of work you're in, you can relate to the emails, the paperwork, the, the meeting after meeting after meeting, patient after patient after patient, right? So this can often lead, I think, for a lot of people to state of burnout, mm -hmm. right? So how can we use these five tools to help us avoid that, that what some people think is an inevitable burnout? And on that note, we'll take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back with Carson's answer. This episode is brought to you by NetHealth, helping you maintain strong relationships with your patients. The Redoc Patient Portal provides a secure line of communication between you and your patients. Conduct virtual visits and have follow-up conversations with your patients via secure messaging when it's convenient for you. Patients have 24-7 secure, on-demand access to their therapy health information without phone calls and voice messages. Video conferencing for telehealth, secure messaging, share documents and photos, and view health information and appointments. To learn more, contact them at redoc at nethealth.com. So I'm going to challenge inevitable because I don't believe anything's inevitable. I should have put quotes, air quotes. Yeah. No, quotes I'm just going to... I'm going to push back because I think we're aligned on that. I think we both yeah. are like, no, nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, so two ways. One, we double down on strengths. So when we are working from our strengths, the work is, feels easier. There's less effort, but greater impact, more joy, more flow. So the more we identify, connect that to how it helps our employer and really intentionally push ourselves to keep doing more of that work can help tremendously. The other, well, there's two more things. The other thing is back to this meaning that we'll want to pull on. So even at the end of the darkest week of, I am beyond exhausted, been doing this, you know, my student loan debt does not seem to be going anywhere. I'm chipping away at it can you pull back and, and find a little source of hope from the meaning? And then the third piece is the productivity. So where are you getting really thoughtful about, let's take your inbox. I believe your inbox can be the best personal assistant you've ever had. The technology is powerful. We just don't use it. 
So why are we not automating our email management? So you can write rules. You can automatically schedule and send emails. We can create whole systems that filter what comes in. We can create templates. There is so much that can be done with not a lot of effort that can save you hours. So I think sometimes in the burnout, we're like, oh, it's going to take me energy and time to spend 10 minutes in my inbox setting up that rule into templates and yeah exactly I'm like ah one more thing one more thing to add to the list no way and you're not saying no way you're probably having expletive in there <laughs> and I would say if you do this set a timer 10 minutes I'm going to set up one rule and write one automatic template because people ask me this question all the time I just want to be able to use it over and over again and then I'm done but those two actions could potentially save you hours so it's 10 minutes on productivity tools, looking for automation, saying no to meetings that you don't need to attend because they're going to print everything they talked about and post it on the bulletin board. Or you're not even sure why you're there and there's no agenda and it's just going to be people rambling. Don't go. Say no. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing for people. And I've just really come to get better at the saying no thing um, of like when it's not like when, if it's something that's not working for me, like I have to get better at saying no because then I overschedule myself and then I'm all stressed out. Right. And it's a self perpetuating hamster wheel, right? Totally. I mean, you, just, yeah. you just keep on it. And the no is freedom. So one way to look at it is every time you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. Right. So how do you, what's a gracious way to say no? At this point, I'm not, I'm able to take on any more projects with the level of attention and detail that I like to bring to projects. So thank you so much for thinking of me. Well, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me to your meeting on Friday. I can't attend. If there's anything that you would like for me to think about or reflect on in advance, please let me know and I'll send you an email. Oh, that's nice too. Oh, very good. Very good. Hopefully people are taking notes on those. Yeah, that's really good. That's a nice way to say no versus just saying, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have the time. Right. And the other piece of the no, I learned this the hard way, and I'm mm -hmm. sure your listeners have picked up, I, I live in the South. And so, <laughs> and so we've got a little polite niceness culture going on. And part of a no is not inviting the second email or, are you not busy now, Karen? How, how about now to meet for coffee? So we want to know that has a firm boundary that isn't going to get the creeping back. Yes. Yes. And that's hard. So, cause I know sometimes I'll say, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm really busy for the next couple of months, but why don't you check back later? No, no, I should not be doing that. No, no, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And there's also, and I think there's tremendous value of going back to my first example of you value and respect that person. You value and respect the board, the project, the ask enough to say, you aren't going to get the best of me. I can't, I can't bring you what you deserve, what this organization deserves. Thank you for thinking of me. Yeah. Kind of putting, putting them before you. Yes. It's a, because ultimately I, 
I do believe we want to do our best work. And when we're stretched so thin, it's just not possible. And then we um, begin disappointing ourselves and others. And that's not a cycle we want to be on either. So yeah. close the door firmly. Don't get the creepies, crawlies coming back asking, how about now? It's two months later. Where are you? No, I'm still not available. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so good. That's so good. Have a firm close to that door. Gosh, that's great. Yeah, I love that. Um, now, is there anything uh, else that you kind of want to add on here uh, that maybe we didn't cover on on allowing people to really love their work and love their job? Yes, but I have to share. I'm going to give you one more productivity hack. Can okay. I just have, oh my have God. One Listen, more? I didn't want to. You can give me 10 more. Okay. I, I just have. I didn't want to keep asking on what, what about this? What about, no, okay. Please. So I do have three more that I want to give you. Okay. Let's okay do so it. I can't help myself and listeners bear with me. If you don't like this, just speed up, just fast forward. <laughs> okay. So the first one was stack. So st saying no is hard. So what I coach my clients on is let's create a template and email to say no. These are the no templates. No to be on the board. No to do this project. So you think about it. You write the no, and when you get that ask, click. And so when and you, you have a template, so do you mean you sort of just keep it in like a Word doc and then copy paste into your email? So depending on your email platform, so I'll start with Outlook. In Outlook, the best way to do this is to create multiple signatures. So in Outlook, people think about a signature as having, you know, uh -huh. Karen and your phone number. Well, you can create as many, many signatures as you want. So you go in and create a signature that is gracious no to project ask. You type it, you save it. Then when I send an email, Karen, I've got a great new task force, really want you to be on. You hit reply, insert gracious no project signature. And in 30 seconds, oh. we've saved time and we haven't gone through the angst of how do I say no? How do I let them down? How do I close the door? No, no, we do the thinking on the front end and we just use this over and over again. So we're stacking to habits nice. here and leveraging technology. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Um, in Gmail, you can set up templates too as well that function the same way. And absolutely, Karen, nothing wrong with a Word doc. I'm a copy and paste. Mm -hmm. The key is we write it once and you use it over and over again. We mm -hmm. don't do the rework. Time, copy, paste, drop and go. Got it. Yeah, that's fabulous. The second one that is my, one of my favorite ones for healthcare workers is so your day is scheduled for you, patient, patient, patient. And so what happens during the day is a lot of things that you could potentially do, like little tiny tasks or maybe call, I don't know, to get your hair cut or whatever, doesn't happen. And so you have all this buildup of tasks that now you're trying to do on the margins of your day. So I tell my healthcare providers, build something called a 15-minute list. And this is a list that lives with you. So put it in your lab jacket. Uh, as a piece of paper, put it on your phone. I don't care. I'm agnostic on how you get it around, but it needs to be with you. And these are tasks you can do in 15 minutes or less. So schedule your um, cat's ch vet checkup. Prep for the one-on-one -on -one with your team member. Call and cancel. Call, 
all of the little itsy bitsy things that don't take a lot of time. And then what you do is when you have that patient that's 10 minutes late, you pull out your list and you go. Because I can get these things done in these micro segments of our day. So it's a really efficient way to stay on top of the nits and gnats that can add up and feel overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. And then the third one that works well in healthcare and for everyone, but I love it from a healthcare providers is something we call protect your 90. So this is 90 minutes a day on your strategic priorities. So it could be professional development. It could be, you might be doing some research, writing a paper. It could be catching up on your charts, whatever it is. But the way it works is it's 90 minutes a day that's focused. Now it's not 90 contiguous minutes. That's what I was just going to ask. Yeah, no, I mean, only unicorns have that. Uh -huh. And I haven't met a unicorn yet. So this is the power of it. So it might be 20 minutes that you choose during lunch to do your focus. Then you have another little 10 minute window where you might do another little sprint focus. But you, the goal is 90 minutes a day because the power in five work days, that's seven and a half hours of focus time. Mm. That is a game changer. I have had physicians write really complex research papers using this strategy because we're just chunking, just, yeah intention, intentional chunks focused, and then we go back, but it, it's the consecutive effort over time that adds up and it doesn't feel overwhelming. I mean, that versus saying I need seven and a half hours of your time. Yeah, no, that's great. Very good. Very good. I love it. Okay. So I feel like we've gone over so much, um, but I'm loving the productivity hacks and tips and also loving your sort of five-step uh, template or plan to kind of love your job again. So is there anything else uh, about that? And like I said, productivity hacks, we can go for days. People can go for you to your website and find more. Um, but anything, uh, anything else on people loving their job and loving mm -hmm. what they do? What would you like people to really remember about the chat? Clarity creates opportunity. So doing the work to identify what your dream job looks like, how you want to be acknowledged and rewarded, what your strengths are, the relationships you want to develop, the skills you want to grow, and the meaning you bring, it opens up infinite possibilities for you in your current job, and I would suggest in future jobs. That knowledge is power. Yeah, that's great. And before we sort of sign off and find out where everyone can get in touch with you, I have one more question that I ask everyone, and that's knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to your younger self, whether it be fresh out of college or what, you know, what advice would you give to yourself? Play more. I'm a, a type A perfectionist recovering some days. Some days I'm not recovering. And I... Uh, we'll get in that strive mode and I've done it since I was 18 years old and would go back and say, it's okay, play a little more. The work's going to be there. And what I've come to learn now is that in play, that's where you're going to find those brilliant insights and connections and the juice to not be burned out. So one reason we get burned out is because we don't play. We just work all the time. 
Yeah, that is great advice. And I have to say, I've heard that from a couple of people on this question is to just kind of like chill out a little bit more, relax a little bit more, play a little bit more. So that is great advice. Now, Carson, where can people find you if they want more information about you and what you do and, and all of, uh, uh, and, and your book? Yeah. So, um, the book, own it, love it, make it work. All of your favorite retailers, Amazon is available online. And then my website, carsontate.com. Check out the blogs. If you want productivity hacks, they're there. Tips on loving your job. We've got assessments. All the goodies are on the website, carsontate.com. Awesome. And then, uh, for social media. Yes. LinkedIn, the Carson Tate. Awesome. Well, thank you, Carson, so much. This was great. I think you gave our, my listeners so much to work with. So I thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for all that you do for us. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And everyone who's listening, thanks so much. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. A big thank you to Carson for a really great episode. Like I said, lots of good info in this one. And of course, thanks to NetHealth for sponsoring today's episode. NetHealth, the creator of the Redoc Patient Portal, which provides a secure line of communication between you and your patients. Conduct virtual visits and have follow-up conversation with your patients via secure messaging when it's convenient for you. Patients have 24-7 on-demand access to their therapy health information without phone calls and voice messages. To find out more, contact them at Redoc, that's R-E-D-O-C, at nethealth.com. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.